All right, Shane, are we uh, ready to get cracking? Yeah, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Cutting Weight. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Stahl. To my left, Shane Mignona. To my right, Jim Ayers. We've got a special guest with us here tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit about that here just in a second. We're going to introduce him. And maybe, Jim, we, you, you take the reins here. Let's talk about uh, Bobby, where he comes from, how you got to know him, a little bit about his history and why he's planted directly across from me tonight, <laughs> getting ready to, to spill his heart onto this table. Well... He lost a bet, and that kind of explains why he's here. And uh, no, but I, I met Bob probably three years ago. Um, he was uh, looking for a change of career, and a friend of his who works for us, you know, brought him, brought him to us, and we, we thought he would be a good match, and he's been with us ever since, and it's been great, and we're really happy to have him. Um, I thought he'd be a cool guest tonight because he's had a lot of different experiences in his life. Um, career-wise and i think uh you know even like what he's doing now um let's just as a hobby let's just say let's just let's just cut it. cut to the chase cut, cut the, the guy's the lead singer for yeah. one of the top bands in northeast ohio yes the name of that band is trey cervases trey cervases and i did my homework you sure did i went out and found one of the only three guitar bands yeah to ever play leonard skinner wow three guitars you did that? Three cervezas. <laughs> Bobby, welcome to the show, man. Introduce, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, how happy you are to be here and how cool we are and everything. <laughs> how, how great it is, is to work for Ayers Welder. How big of a thrill this I, is for your career. I, okay, I guess I'll go down the list. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. I mean, it's always a good time to get out and, you know, hang out with your buddies. You can't beat it. Fantastic place you have here. So, uh, yeah, thanks. I really, uh, Really like it for sure. And yeah, and you are paying him time and a half for this? <laughs> yeah, he's still clocked in. <laughs> Good. Well, then I'm going to talk. So <laughs> really stretch it out. All right, so uh, the beer we're drinking here tonight is uh, Market Garden Brewery beer. I think we've, we've done a couple of these in the past. I'm not sure which one, but uh, if we have it on the show, I know I have uh, gone through just about their entire catalog. They've got some great beers, Citra Max. Uh, they've got a great like light beer, Nano. Um, they've got um, a good Oktoberfest one out right now, Old Zom. And uh, tonight we're feeling in the Halloween mood. We've got, you know, everyone is drinking their pumpkin spice coffee and the line outside of Dunkin' Donuts is about a mile and a half long out in uh, Bainbridge, Chagrin Falls. Every day people waiting to get their pumpkin spice latte. So is it me, Mike, or isn't isn't it kind of weird though? I feel like every year the whole pumpkin craze it's like a week earlier. Like it's going to be to a point where literally like the day after Fourth of July, we're like, all right, get your flannels on. Yeah, it's time for pumpkin stuff. Well, that I'm I'm longing for fall to get here so much. You're so a big that, fall guy. Like you've been wearing. I, I've been hearing stories. I'm a flannel guy. Stahl's yeah. been doing jeans and flannels, and it's like 85 still at Friday night football games. <laughs> that's what happened. And Melissa's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. It was 85 degrees on the first, the home opener for the Chagrin Falls football team, and I'm so stoked that it's that football is happening. We didn't get to see a home game last year because of COVID and everything else, so I get on i get dressed like in the normal garb that i would normally go see a football game in and i'm in jeans boots 
and a flannel and she's like and she's in like a tank top and jean shorts and she's like what are you it's 85 mike i know yeah, but it's dropping down to 76 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and i and we sat in that game with the sun like burning down on us just and drenched. it would have been an absolute nightmare had she not forced me to change which uh, but I, can, I have three flannels. I wear them in a rotation every day when it comes to uh, when it comes to the fall, and it's just absolutely my favorite time of year. This beer, um, I think everyone's had a chance to sip it. It's pretty good. I mean, it's got it definitely has a pumpkin little after. Yeah, so it. it's I, I I noticed it. I like the colors. That you know the the little holder there is green, and then this is a bright orange can. I bought it Sunday. Browns, um, Browns it actually reminded me of the Browns, and I thought, well, what the hell? I knew the podcast was coming up, and we talked about doing something different. Um, I've liked every beer that we've tasted on this show, right up until tonight. I think this tastes like absolute um, boiled pumpkin water. <laughs> I was going to say, for all the pumpkin beers I've tried, you know, over the years, this actually isn't too bad. I actually would drink more than one of these. Oh, uh, Bobby, back me up here. I, I think this is. I this think is, anything that comes packaged looking like it has a stem for a top is, is, is a red flag right there, man. Yeah, you should it, know this should not happen. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely... I, I, it's I, a green stem on your yeah, pumpkin beer. Yeah, exactly. This is... Where'd uh, you get that pack of tans? This is not my favorite. Yeah, I got it. Actually, it was in the pumpkin spice aisle at Home Goods. <laughs> I got this at TJ Maxx. You know... TJ Maxx, some of your best shopping at a TJ Maxx is done while you're waiting for the cash register uh, to open. Well, yeah, you think that's by accident? <laughs> they put all that stupid shit. They're like, so you don't, none of it you need. Honey, do we need an exercise band? <laughs> they got an exercise band? Okay. They're no. only like $3. Like, how can we not buy this? How many travel mugs do we have? Would you, do we need a pack of eight? Do we? I don't know. I know my wife went to TJ Maxx. If she comes home and there's uh, chocolate-covered almonds are in the fridge. Yeah, she went to <laughs> she went to TJ Maxx or Home TJ Goods. Maxx isn't the spot to get anything chocolate-covered. I can tell you that. <laughs> no, but they're they're $3 as opposed to $8. Yeah. So I, I, like, no, I understand. I'm just saying. open the bag, it comes out in one chunk, and even though there's 600 pieces of it, oh, they get my what God. you pay for, obviously. Yeah. So, um, so when you get the so, max for the minimum, not, not my fear, but it is in my wheelhouse. Good news, people. <laughs> 7.0. It looks like I'm going to have to finish it. Um, but it's not my favorite. It's also just it's in terms of like ales. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty dark and pretty heavy little, little beer here. It's got well, you know, shotgun what you, what, that thing and then carry some, some of the punch. ready whip, uh, whipped cream yeah he probably yeah, some whipped cream, cream on I bet that would taste good like Chase yeah we just put some uh, put a like a, a pumpkin float it said it's spicing the kettle with cinnamon ginger vanilla beans and some muscovado sugar whatever I that is I think it's the muscovado I'm, yeah. I'm allergic to muscovado you always have been <laughs> that's the thing well, I'm gonna break out into hives <laughs> well, you might as well finish it just yeah, for the great. show what you do for the show Mike sacrifice alright well, and we're also pouring on tap for the first time, uh, Alaskan IPA. I don't think we've had that here in the cabin before. We've been off location here in the last couple episodes. That's so we're true. Back in the cabin, and uh, yeah, so we got Alaskan IPA. Nice, beautiful picture of that in front of us. So um, I'm just gonna go throw this against the wall, this pumpkin spice, and then I'm gonna continue to enjoy the IPA if that's all right with you guys. Yeah, it's fine. And then, like in general, though, like as much as the pumpkin is king this time of year and the spice and the flannels and all that. Like this is my favorite time of year. I oh, mean, without a doubt. I love it when it goes from hot and humid to kind of, you know, warm days, but cool, crisp nights. Yep. 
high school football, NFL football, college football, that the whole football season literally like it puts a smile on my face, the fact that it's back and uh you know we're seeing fans in the stands again. Yeah, for sure. And uh it's you know from whatever September until the end of January like I love the weekends and I love the football. So 100%. And even though the playoffs extend well into well into February, the Super Bowl does. Yeah. If it was up to me like I don't know, like Bob, so Bob, you Bob was a high school football quarterback. He was a he was a starting quarterback for South High where Shane actually went. Yep. So I mean, how do you feel about the the fall? Does like it bring back a lot of memories for you as far? So I mean, you, I think you even coached football for a, a little I, while, I did. right? Yeah, I coached at Willoughby South and Richmond Heights High School, and uh, it's there's to me fall in Northeast Ohio. There's nothing better, and yeah. then living in Jaga County, it's to me it's one of the best. Yeah. times of the year hands down getting up in the morning and putting on your you know heavier shirt or whatever and then by afternoon you're back to shorts and then by the time you go back out again later you got that sweatshirt yep. back on you know yeah. it's cool and then you the kids you know even when they were my kids are a little older now but when they were younger you like getting them ready to go to school and you know all that stuff it was great but i mean just the colors the food i mean holidays come on what about the football you is it something that you uh you kind of get the itch like you brings back the glory days at all for you or i don't miss playing because i got hurt a lot (laughs) at the end of my playing time but uh was shane blocking for you is that the reason (laughs) shane was probably in like the fifth grade when i I played in high school it was about 130 pounds max so i was Probably not blocking from a lot of people. So wait, what's the age Bobby, difference between Bobby graduated with Al Bundy. What year did you graduate south? 1990. So Shane was 95. So you guys probably just missed each other by a year or so, right? I mean, even if Shane had played, he would have been no help. Yeah, I mean, even if Shane, if Shane was your age, he would have missed blocks for sure. Yeah, well, been. I could have used all the help I could get. No, as far as the football is concerned, I mean, to me, there's nothing better than Friday night football. I mean, oh, come on. You know, yeah. just, a, you know, from when two days would start, you know, leading up to that first game. Oh, I sure. mean, give me a break. You know, it, it, it's just fantastic. And I do miss, I do miss coaching more than I miss playing. I, I you know, I like, I like the strategy of it. I, do, I like the kids, you know, the relationships and, you know, all the things that uh, kind of go with it. But, um, you know, when I'm rooting for my local high school team which would be west g and watching them play and i'm just thinking to myself it's like yeah you know i got a different idea how we might want to do that but not saying it would be the right thing but you know you never stop being a coach you just want to constantly do it you're yelling at the tv on saturdays you're yelling at the tv on sundays you know it's It's always easy when you're the armchair quarterback oh yeah absolutely No pressure, nothing, nothing to worry about. Right, you're always right. Right. <laughs> well, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about here. Uh, week week one of the NFL, week two of the uh, of the college season. Where should we start, Shane? You want to talk Ohio State? Ryan Day is he an offensive coordinator? Is he an actual head coach? Is he not taking responsibility for the defensive side of the ball? What's going on there? I, I don't haven't thought about it in that much detail, Mike. But they, they got kind of beat up a little bit by Oregon. I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean Ohio State's been on such a tear the last five, six years. Like, sounds like an excuse. Yeah. No, this is just one. Of the, I mean, you're going to lose some games that you're supposed to win. They they've won most of the games they were supposed to win for the last five years. I mean, they finally lost a game they you know were supposed to win, and it's it's going to happen in college football. It doesn't with, to with Alabama. Young, 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about enough about that. They don't win it every year. All right. So we've got um, one diehard Ohio State fan. You've got me, kind of not interested in football that much. I've always liked Notre Dame. I visited the uh, the campus when I was in high school. Kind of fell in love with the the history and tradition there. Rocky Blyer went to Notre Dame, so yeah. I can get behind that. Jim, obviously a huge Notre Dame fan. Bobby, tell us where you align collegiately. M go blue, man. I'm a huge Michigan fan. All right. So how did this come about? Your dad beat you. No, no, no. My... Your dad was an Ohio State fan. He beat you. And they're like, fuck you, dad. I'm going to be a Michigan fan. Your parents had no teeth. I'm not gay, but I am definitely rooting for Michigan. <laughs> the next worst thing you can tell no. you dad. Let's, let, let's start from the beginning. My, my first team that I played for when I was eight years old were the Michigan Bees. Okay. Uh, I do have relatives, family from Michigan, and if you put the, those together, can't stand the color red. You why, why, I'm not like the rest of the sheep around here. I'm not <laughs> just gonna like gotta love the Buckeyes. Why do you love them? Because you're from Ohio. Ninety percent of the team is from all over the country. I mean, they're you know, but yeah, mostly, all, the, all those guys from, from Michigan, Georgia. Yeah, I get it. All those Michigan players are all from Michigan, right? <laughs> not anymore. Well, we, unfortunately, we used to get the guys from Ohio. <laughs> Jim Trestle stopped that. Yeah, for sure. That, yeah, that's uh, it's it's interesting, but um, and the Michigan bees, obviously, the bees are atrocious. <laughs> are you there. kidding me? We're six and one undefeated on Scorpion, baby. <laughs> so is this like was this like was this like will was this like will be youth football? You're, You're the Michigan football, bees, yeah, like the, the lowest the, level. The A's were taken. The no, Michigan that was, A's. That was the next division. Oh, next okay. level, I was a All B, right. then an A, then a Cardinal. So what? What's and that's what, when Kirtland used to suck real bad. Well, they suck for. They I mean, terrible. I played on a couple of those teams. They were, they were really now they're amazing. Jim, one of my favorite uh, stories that Jim has told, not on this podcast, was about your freshman year playing football for Kirtland. And you were, uh, you know, a pretty, pretty. Yeah, I mean, you were starting as a freshman at Kirtland. Yeah, which, I mean, which is normally you would think that's like a pretty big deal. But like, if, but in, in back at that point, like we you were had one we, of the twelve kids. That we had like fifteen kids on the team, and I was one of six freshmen. Like some of us had to start. Like they just needed to field eleven people out there. I can just remember the story you told, and I don't know who you were playing, but. But uh, like the entire defense was could, calling out all could, of your plays. It, it could ahead have been. Time. It could have been any game, <laughs> because every game was me playing tailback and getting thirty-five carries for like sixty-three yards <laughs> and not being able to walk for three days, and that was our offense. I can verify that story because I would look in the paper, you know, Saturday morning. Jim and I were buddies. But, you know, we didn't hang out back then, but we knew each other, so I'd just check and see how he did because I knew he was starting. And yeah, I'd see, I'd see all those carries. It's like Jim Ayers, thirty-five carries, forty-eight yards, <laughs> no and four concussions and bruises all over his whole body, and a loss, another loss, fifty-six to zero. I mean, you guys were never even in games. I remember one time. I don't know if we've ever talked, but like, I was a freshman, and there was we had hardly like by the end of the season, we were literally dressing like fifteen kids total. Like it was a struggle. You know, guys, coach would be like, All right, you're in, you're in, and guys would be like, eh, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> some of the other guys joined the cheerleading squad. We went down, for some idiotic reason, One, our coach, and this is probably like when they do schedules in high school, they, they get scheduled like a, a year or two in advance. 
and at the year prior to me being a freshman, we had a really good team. Actually, we were like 10 and 0 and went to the playoffs, but then everyone graduated and we were depleted. And, um, we were scheduled the next year, my freshman year, to play Newark Catholic, and they had won like four or five state titles over the last ten years. They were the like green wave. similar to like what Kirtland's doing now. Or I mean, they were good. They had at that. I think the team we played, they were small school, but they had like three or four kids that went Division One. Like Rob Kelly, he was like a starting safety for Ohio State. Like you know that year, he was a starting tailback. I tried to tackle him one time. <laughs> Literally, I felt it felt like. Like a five-year-old tackling like his fourteen-year-old brother in backyard football, like him just dragging me like twenty yards, like as I'm playing onto his thighs. We had like the ambulance came to the game three times to take our kids off the field. Like two, like we had to stop on our team bus. We played down in Newark. After the game, the team bus went to the hospital to pick kids up. No, no fucking joke. Oh my god, it was bad. It was like forty-two-zero after the first quarter. The next, the next game at Kirtland, they had like. Ambulances lined up with their left turn signal on on 306, just waiting. <laughs> just it was like there was like they're pouring cement, like they're just waiting in line, ready to like get the trucks. And you schedule them? Why? I don't know. I I would like to talk to the person yeah. who did it because that was brutal. It was brutal. Oh god! They were Catholic play a state final. Down, yeah, I mean they down, were down they, the they were like a legit powerhouse back in the 80s and 90s. I remember this Gumby thing that mascot like running up and down the track. It was, it was a green wave. Yeah, it was a guy with a wave and like yeah. It was Eddie Murphy. I mean, I think he scored three touchdowns <laughs> against us that night. It was bad. And that's the thing you're tr- they were probably trying not to score. Well, they pulled their whole first string after the first quarter. It was literally four, like 42-0 after one. And no running clock. That's when no, And no <laughs> running clock. It was like you had to take your beating like a man back then. That's, right. That's when the whole like make a wish, run for a touchdown thing started, except you guys weren't like We were trying. <laughs> you yeah. guys were we trying. weren't in on it. Like We were literally trying to stop and we couldn't. Uh, I remember just getting the shit kicked out of me. Why did you come out of the locker room that time? Because <laughs> our coach was not good. <laughs> tear gas. He had to tear gas to the locker room to get everybody. What right. like what's what's half, we're gonna build character, boys. Let's go. Bob, like you were a quarterback, like a starting high school quarterback. What was like what's one like really fond, great memory you have from you know, that experience at South? Uh definitely any like big game? Oh or? yeah. I, I would say well, we went to the we were state runner up my freshman year at Willoughby South. I was a freshman. I didn't do much, but I was a tackling dummy practice, you know, person or whatever. Um so then the following year uh, my sophomore year, I, I started, and I was a three-year starter at, at Willoughby South, and the season didn't go as we would have wanted it to go, coming off of a state championship. Right, that's appearance. a big, okay, yeah, a big it was shoes a big, to fill. big drop down. So uh, we're playing Menor the last game of the season, and this is at Menor High School, and this is before Menor is the Menor they are now, but they were ranked in like the top five in the state at the time. Uh, I think we were four and five going into that game they were nine and one they just lost to euclid that was the only t- robert smith was a sophomore for euclid at the time so we go in there really have no business winning this game whatsoever so we did came out of it i threw for two touchdowns i ran for one and i don't i just remember the intensity of the game because they were, they were freaking out they beat us and this is back when there were only four teams going to the playoffs yeah you know so it was a little tougher to get in they beat us. They they're in, and we beat them at home in nineteen fourteen. I think it was the score or something like that. But I just remember the game being just intense. It was a high school game of the week. It was on TV and all that kind of stuff, you know. But um, I definitely remember that. Yeah, that, game. That's... that that sticks out the most to me. It does seem like 
if you win two games, you make the playoffs. Now, <laughs> Depending like on who you high beat. school, yeah, <laughs> high school playoffs. Now it just seems like everybody makes. Well, it's wor- this year they doubled it from la- well last year everybody made it because of COVID. Yeah, this year it's sixteen, and this year they doubled each region from eight to sixteen. So, yeah, Yikes. so literally, like literally, you can like opt in or out. There's only like <laughs> yeah, twenty something teams in each region, yeah. like. And Jeez. 16 make the playoffs. Yeah, well. It's oh, a great boy. experience. Though. I mean, you got to do it through Lake Catholic. I mean, I only got to do it once, Willoughby South. But I'm glad I had the chance to go through that. Um, we had, I think we played uh, three games to get to the finals then. I don't know what they do now, if, it, if it's still the same. or. Yeah, I think you got to still get four games, four or five games. Like, four. if you get four, that, that'll get you to the finals. You okay, know so I mean? there's another yeah, it's a Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. two rounds. Two rounds in the re- but I don't know. It's probably an extra round this year with the additional, you know, right. teams. It's a sixty-four team bracket, every division, <laughs> all nine divisions in Ohio. All right, so we also played the first regular season game of the NFL, a shortened preseason, so we got to see all the teams compete this this week. Uh, some, some, I think. I don't know. I'll put my spell. Obviously, you know, things didn't work out the way that uh, everybody had had hoped that they would for the Browns. I still am, am relatively optimistic for the Browns this season. I think they're going to. Relatively uh, optimistic. Come on. And this well, is coming I, I from am. a Steelers yeah. fan. Like, it takes a lot from even. I, think. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not going to go all in yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but but I think I sense everyone's frustration here because, because <laughs> nothing has happened in week one to, to – to prove, Guarantee our Super Bowl. To prove to yourself that anything's changed from last year. And I'll, let me describe. So the, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and, and everyone knows that. Bobby, you're just finding it out for the first time. And um, I, I, I make no apology about it. I with your initial intro. <laughs> yeah. But the – all right. So the Steelers won against the Buffalo Bills. That was an upset, and that was um, – A fluke. Obviously, obviously not expected. But – they could go twelve and zero, and prove nothing to to the Steeler season. fan base, yeah. right? So, so that's where the Steeler fan base is at, and and you know that's that's kind of that that okay, wow, that was a great win, but also yeah, I don't know that that we're any better than we were last year. The offense was still pretty anemic, and yada yada. For the Browns fans, I think I mean you went to Arrowhead again, competed. I mean destroyed them for two and a half quarters and and then lost and so you are also feeling well shit i don't know if anything's changed from last year to this year um you, you know we 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 fumbled nick chubb fumbled the ball he almost never does that uh baker threw an interception an untimely interception we had a special teams debacle so it's like i it's this kind of like shit nothing's changed maybe for everybody well i think so. we're, we're waiting like what do we get like we need to get over the hump you know like we we well, know we're a good team yeah but you know that the way the season ended, it's it's eerily similar to the way the season ended last year right. we just got it like we revisited it last mm-hmm. sunday yeah so it so it it hurt a little bit more than i mean look if last season would have started with you guys going to kansas city and balling out for two and a half quarters and losing the, the losing by the same score you you would have thought Okay, all right, you know, pump your chest a little bit, and we got a heck of a team, blah, blah, blah. But it's a different perspective now. Yeah, for sure. The expectations are higher, you know. I mean, fucking Patrick Mahomes is really good. Yeah, yeah he's for tough. Sure. Tyreek Hill 
Travis Kelsey. Super good. Travis well, Kelsey. Didn't Pittsburgh, didn't they beat the Ravens twice last year? They did. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean... It, you don't know. You the don't NFL's know. crazy. You just don't know. I That's mean, what I'm saying. <laughs> but that, my point is exactly that. that uh, in in six weeks, if the Steelers are 6-0, and oh, I'm still thinking, so what? <laughs> you know <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we were 6-0 and oh last year. I mean, what has changed? The, I, you know, so, I, I'm, I mean, I understand kind of where where the the mentality's at. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm, I shouldn't put words in your mouth. Tell me what. Tell me how you feel. I, I, for me, like I was really impressed with the way the Browns came out. Uh, I mean, offensively, for the first three quarters, I mean, like I don't know if you could have scripted it any better for the Browns. I mean, they literally couldn't be stopped. Um, Baker was on point. They were running the ball. I think Stefanski's play calling was like money. Yeah. You know, I, I, going for it on fourth. I mean, I like his. I mean, he's always in attack mode. He's, and I think he knew that game, like, hey, we, we got to score points to win this. So, right. like, we can't, we're not going to win like a 17 14 game here. So, any opportunity we have to score, we'll take advantage of it. But even in the, into the fourth quarter, like, I still think his play calling was, was good. Like, I don't think, you know, the execution kind of fell, fell down a little bit in the fourth quarter, especially, and they had opportunities. But, the thing that, like, I, you know, from being a coach, from being an athlete, from being a competitor myself, like, it's always about, especially as a coach, and Bob, you probably, like, know, like, you always have to, like, you have to get to a point where, like, you, you get, you keep getting to the same point. Like, you got to do something to get over that hump. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think that's where the Browns are now. I, you know, we know they can compete, we know they have the talent to beat anybody any week. But it's a matter of like when push comes to shove and you're in a tight game against a super good team in the fourth quarter, who's going to step up and make a play? Who's going who's gonna to avoid that mistake? You know, how, and a lot of it I think comes down to like everyone's talking about Baker, like Baker hasn't won this big game or whatever, mm-hmm. which he hasn't against Kansas City. I mean, I thought, you know, I thought it was pretty impressive last year when he, they finally won a playoff game. Granted, like the Steelers had a lot of unforced errors, you five, know, five turnovers. Well, turnovers. You'll have that. <laughs> Well, that's all. The Steelers had a lot of things going for them. The game was on the road. No, it was at home. Um, everybody was a week rested. Oh, that's right. They they were good to go. Uh, but anyway, um, I think there's a lot of a truth in what you're saying. I mean, getting over the hump and and just finding that one, whatever it is you need to address. And, and to me, it's as simple as that. I think it's more defensive than it is offense with the Browns. You can't give up two scores and. 33 seconds in the third quarter when yep. you are smoking your team from the beginning to that yeah, point. Yeah, but like the, you know, you the defense got put into some bad positions, you, you know, can't. with those turnovers put them in some bad positions. I mean, the, the one after the muffed pun, I mean, you know, yeah. they, they had the ball in the 15 year. Like that's a tough ask for the defense against the chiefs. I mean, the sure. chiefs are super good. You know, I, I think for the Browns, it's like one of those things we we're talking about getting over the hump. It's like you don't believe you can do it till you do it, you know. So I'm I'm just hoping it doesn't get to a point where it's like, I, they need they need to win one of those games, and then realize you know go through it and live it, and then I think it, from that point on I think their confidence, you know, we're talking about professional athletes, but those professional athletes still like confidence is a big deal. Like the mental part of it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to do it to see they can do it to then when next time they get in that situation, you know, like that's what the chiefs are. Like, I don't think at any point last week, the chiefs thought they were going to lose that game. Even when they were down, however, you know, whatever. 
Yeah, I don't know. That, that 76-yard prayer that Mahomes chucked up, and don't tell me that that thing was planned. I mean, he's running to his right. He's almost out of bounds. He's chucking it back and across the his body. Around, the D-back got turned The D-back is in position no. in front of the receiver to make the play. Yeah. Turn around and go get the football. But he didn't even know the ball. You know, that was, that's that's like it. you yeah. don't know. Like, that was a that was a fluky play that But there, there's to your point. The team that's over the hump makes that pick. Exactly. Pick that ball off. That game's over at that point, I think. Shane, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, sign him? Yeah, sign him. He's our quarterback. Jim, same? I have a lot of confidence in Baker. I want to see him win some games in the fourth quarter that really mean something. All right, so prove, so don't extend. Prove it. No offer this year. Play this year out. Would you have extended him before the season, I guess? I, I don't question. think it matters. I think they're going to extend him. I mean, unless he just lays a complete. Turd, I was listening. I was that. listening to Sports Talk Radio today as I was driving around, and it, there was a guy on that he seemed like he kind of knew Baker's camp and the Browns camp, and like the way they both feel about it. And it sounds like Browns and Baker's camps both are like, we're cool with showing us what you got, and when you do, we're hey, gonna we're hey, gonna man. pay you a lot of money. And it sounded like Baker's camp was also like, and I think Baker's that kind of guy, like you know what, I'm gonna go earn it, and then when I earn it, like. Yeah, it's not going to be an issue. So I think that's why he had a tough time in 2019. He just, I, it just looked to me like he felt like he arrived, and then yeah. all of a sudden, he just his demeanor changed. He said, "I think he lost some of his." Edge. And I think it was fucked up. I like that me. cockiness that he has. You like know, trying that whole Freddie Kitchens oh, thing, yeah. though. Like yeah. that, that like that joke. was a disarray. <laughs> it was. And it, it was, was a in joke. disarray. Yeah, he's got a great coach. He's a he's a great offensive mind. I think he'll flourish there. I get I. I thought about this the other day because where Stefanski came from, and I just wonder if he's currently he's on like this kind of weird Kirk Cousins, Casey Keenum. You're talking about Baker trajectory, right? I mean, he's going to flourish and play action because he's got Nick Chubb, he's got Cream Hunt, he's got great receivers, he's got a great line, three great tight ends. Like in his lines, he's one of the best offensive lines in the NFL right now, and um, and he and I guess I uh, my point would be. Don't extend him. I wouldn't have extended him before the season. I'd, I'd like to see how he does this year. And even if he's not a great quarterback, as long as he's uh, he's good in that system and he's passing accurately and his his completion percentage is up and they're doing as long as they're winning games. Yeah, that's right, exactly. I, I just yeah, as long as you're winning. Do you know games. how much garbage football we watched for the last twenty yeah, years right. with no quarterback? That's what whatsoever. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think he doesn't a, have to be. But that's the a different argument, though. It's like. Okay, we're not terrible now, but is this guy a hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback? You know what I mean? Yeah, There's a difference kind of between not being terrible and being like getting Pat Mahomes money. Not that he would get that. Get that money, but like, I mean, Josh Allen had one good year and got a hundred million dollars. Like, is Baker good as good as him? I think I, I don't to, know. To even he's re- had more good games than him. To even reverse my what I previously said, maybe the smart play is extend him before the season starts. Say he does ball out, you got him for four more years, and just be the system quarterback that is based on this great offensive line, this great running game, great play action, and everything else. And but, you don't the, need to but the pay problem that arises though is like when you like what, even if you extend him on the cheap, it's going to be like thirty million dollars a year would be the cheapest you could do it for, and that eats up a ton of salary cap. I would, I mean, I'd take ten. You would. I mean, have you even tried out for the Browns? Stahl, I did. St- Bob, I sent you don't know several this. letters. You don't know this, Bob, but Stahl did win 
the John Carroll 1999 punt, pass, and kick competition. You win it once or twice. I've got a, I've got a rifle. Um, <laughs> the thing that won it for him is he like hammered a 40-yard field goal. <laughs> I thought that capped out when you were 12 years old. <laughs> you did that? It did. did it, was, it. it was part of Greek yeah. Week at John Carroll, yeah. Okay. I lost to Andy Reid. <laughs> Do you ever see that video? Like we've talked about before. Did you ever no, see no. Andy Reid's video? So Andy... Have we talked about this? We've talked about about it. Andy (laughs) Reid was in the punt, pass, and kick like when he was 12 in California. And it's like four foot nine, four foot eight, five foot kid. And then Andy Reid was like six three and like 250 pounds as a 12 year old. And literally, it's it looks like a joke right now. Plato's Plato. Sorry, Dan Plato. His his radio turn off right now. It's like oh boy. All right, sorry. We will not bring it up again. All right, so um. All right, so that's the NFL kind of in a nutshell. I think I think we have a lot to be quick. To, quick predict this about. week: Browns, Browns, Texans, Bob. Uh, I'm going to go 31-14 Cleveland. Shane, I was going to say 34-14. Mike, yeah, I, it's going to be a blowout. Thirty, I'd say 35-3. <laughs> 38 to 17 Browns. Yeah, I mean, Steel, well, Steelers game. Steelers Raiders. Uh 28-21. Steelers win. <laughs> Where's it at? It's in Pittsburgh. It's in Hines? Pittsburgh. I'm going to take the Raiders 24-17. Bob? I'll go Steelers 24-21. Raiders 24, Steelers 22. <laughs> Regular Ditka or Mini Ditka? <laughs> or Mini Ditka. Ditka. Yeah, so the Browns are 12 and a half point favorites this week against the Texans. It started at like 11. It's been going up. Yeah, it's 12 and a half. The Steelers are A lot of money's pouring in on the Browns. The Steelers are giving up six at home. I mean, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll go either way. I'm impressed with uh, that Waller kid from... Waller. Holy cow, Las Vegas. Carr, I don't know. Like, we were talking about the other day, Mike. You said, like, you thought Carr wasn't getting to his progressions. I was listening to the radio the other day on NFL Network, and they were saying how like they thought Carr was just on point. So <laughs> either you should be doing stuff for NFL Network, or you have no idea what you're talking about. No, I mean, I just, I just think if he doesn't hit his first receiver, Derek Waller. Yeah, literally. <laughs> if he doesn't hit that, if he's not open Name when he receiver on the radio. when he gets off his off his spot. He's throwing. I mean, he was throwing in the ground over their heads. I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's who's got- the other guy that got their speed burner rugs? Rugs, yeah, yeah. Rugs is tough. They're uh, third round draft pick. All right. Okay. Um, Bobby. Yes, sir. I am the youngest, uh, uh, youngest brother in my family. My older brother Dave graduated in uh, 1988, and he is a rocker. He is a roller. All right. Um, you're contemporaries of my older brother Dick, <laughs> David. 90, 1990, you said, right? Yes. All right. I would like to talk about your current part-time occupation as the lead singer of Trey Cervasis. Is it Trey Cervasis or is it three Cervasis? Trace. Trace is three. So. All right. Well, I just wasn't sure if it was like a, a play on words where it was, you know, three Trace three beers. Does. No, like, but Trace why? beers. Why? Yeah. I think I've ordered beers Trace before, beers yeah. before. You know. I mean, is that the the rationale behind the name? Yeah, tell us about I, the name I of the band. I will have to be completely honest with you. I joined this band. I it was already formed. Uh, they kind of were doing some whatever, and uh, the lead guitarist in the band called me. He's like, "Hey, 
looking for a vocalist, you know, you want to come in? I'm like, yeah, sure, you know. So uh, I think they just picked it because they just like the name. Sounded cool. Yeah, Trace or Mesa. Maybe you need three beers before the band sounds good. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not quite sure. But um, Well, tell us about your, your musical upbringing. I was a child of 80s, like hair metal because of my brother david i'm assuming you're you at least dipped your toes in that water tell me a little bit about like your musical journey and and what like you know and maybe when did you figure out you could sing well enough to sing in front of people <laughs> well i i'm definitely a hair band fanatic i mean there's there's no doubt about that i do not have the vocals to carry any <laughs> of that but as they're much amazing as I would, as that's much the as funny I thing like about to, it like know? those guys back in the 80s yeah. like a bruce dickinson or a, a dokken or, or sure. any of those guys were just screaming at the top of their lungs <laughs> right yeah they're they're ridiculous <laughs> uh, you know with their ranges and and uh, what they can do it takes a special person. Usually, it's a girl <laughs> that can do it. <laughs> yeah. Not all the time, of course. But um, no, I mean, kind of messed around in high school, you know, doing some things. And you did know, you my, do any like band stuff at all? My neighbors, I grew up next to in North Willoughby. They had a huge family. It reminded me of like eight is enough, like that type of household. And everybody in that household did music of some kind, played an instrument, sang or whatever. So it kind of started when I was maybe like five, six years old. You're out in the yard, you know, you're in the garage doing whatever. Well, that kind of, they had a band and they played some local gigs, you know, in like the North Willoughby, Menor, you know, kind of area. And it's like, well, hey, we got room. You know, you're doing a pretty good job singing those girl parts, Bobby. You know, why don't you, why don't you come on and, you know, we, we need you. I think the first song I sang live by myself was Stand By Your Man. Okay. <laughs> Must have like, been a rocket yeah, party. Yeah, like, this yeah, is wow. like 19... Like the Blues Brothers. 1981. It was right around there. I was yeah. probably like, you know... I don't know, eight years old or whatever. I it was like was a first communion party. My voice was kind of like not, you know, quite changed yet. And I used to kind of be able to hit some high notes. And um, I just remember being part of this backup for these guys. But this is this is the time up with lead paint, no car seats. I mean, you know, you could take an eight-year-old to a bar. You do whatever the hell you want. It was okay. You know, it's like not something you'd see today. But, um, yeah, and then it kind of just gained some traction, you know, over the years. Um a lot of karaoke, you know, yeah, stuff like that. And then, um, you know, I kind of, it's tough to kind of have a hobby, you know, and that you really like to do, but that also takes a lot of practice to do it, plus work, you know, and everything else. So that's why I kind of like later in my life, kind of like my kids grew up and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I used to do this kind of stuff, you know, growing up and when I was younger, I'm like, you know, let's get back into it. So I joined these uh, Tracer Mesas in 2017, and uh, we play out, you know, seven to ten times a year. And it's just enough for us. I'm one of the youngest people in the band at 49, I think, you know. So it's a wide range of, of music, but um, play most every local venue, you know. In yeah. Three. Well, we just got to hear area. you at all. Yeah, we were lucky. New venue. Uh, we were lucky enough to have uh, Bob and his band. At uh, Ayers Rock, the first mm. inaugural Ayers Rock party. Um, it was probably like three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. Yeah, in August. Yeah. And, it was uh, a great time. It was great. It was great. I mean, the band was great. You know, Bob, you sang great. You sounded awesome. Thank you. We had a blast. Yeah. Things got a little things got a little <laughs> dicey late night. A little, a little too fun. Some people might <laughs> no, have been no overserved. 
That's like yeah. too much money. Having too much fun. <laughs> well, I, I remember at the end, I think you played a few extra songs or whatever, <laughs> and like guys are trying to get you to play more, and you're like, I think the rest of the band's done. <laughs> <laughs> they they're they're past their bedtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were definitely. You're like, I'll stick around and, and play karaoke or whatever. I love playing like private parties like that. That's just a great time. Captive audience, everybody's there for the duration plus you know yeah. like whatever right. time it ends up wrapping up it it wraps up you know what do you so typically do do you do weddings do you do a bar do we do, do not do weddings uh we kind of as a group decided that wasn't where we wanted to go um but just just local bars yeah um any local venue pretty much that'll have live music those venues are shrinking they're not as many as they used to be but um, huh. we have our like six to seven places that we play that most every other local bands play as well nice go to uh you walk into a karaoke bar you need to hype the place up what's your go-to karaoke song to tell you the truth one of the simplest songs you can do to hype anything up is you just do like a neil diamond sweet caroline or something <laughs> yeah something silly like that bop, bop, not, bop. Not, not one of my favorite songs to you know personally that i enjoy but it, it's a song that for whatever reason Hits all the buttons. Yeah. Everybody gets, you know, pretty pretty silly real quick. It's Halloween, and uh, I went to a Pi-Fi dance. I don't even remember who my date was, but we texted. We're, t- we're talking back in college. Back listeners. in college, obviously, but um, uh, I went as Neil Diamond. I don't know if anybody remembers Yeah, I think that. I vaguely remember that. <laughs> you went as Neil Diamond? I did, yeah. I remember you going as like a cheerleader one time. Uh, yeah, that, sure. That happened too as well. But uh, I thought you went as Dustin Diamond. <laughs> Rustin Screech. Which is a nice segue into, into um, Bobby's former profession. Wait, I got a quick education. question before, yeah, we get, before we get into his former profession. Bob, you sing a lot of different music. Two questions. This is a two-part question. Okay. First part, as a kid, not even as a kid, but as like a teenager when you were really like getting into music and probably liking it and listening to different stuff, who was your go-to favorite band and favorite lead singer? Oh, God, that's tough. Cause I, well, we asked the tough questions yeah, here on that, Cutting Way. That is tough. We don't mess around. Um, I would have to say, I mean... Definitely hair bands, but you know, like the, the skid rows of the world and like like things like that are warrant poison, you know, stuff like that. But I thought personally, if I could sing like Sebastian Bach, that would have been like the guy I oh. that's the voice type I would want to have. If Who wouldn't? You know, that that's Who definitely wouldn't? so good. That's definitely it. You know, they got the got the range, you got the presence, but favorite um, classic rock band. Oh, classic rock band. Don't, it doesn't have to be lead singer oriented. Yeah, just Favorite classic rock band. I do remember one night That's I took Bob to a, uh, and some of the other guys from work to a tribe game. This is a couple years ago. And we dropped like the rest of the guys off. And then it was just me and Bob in the car for like the, the home stretch. And then we decided like we, we were going to stop for a nightcap. And then like a, a Springsteen song, I think Thunder Road or something came on. And literally for like 15 minutes, we had the windows down just like screaming, blasting Thunder like Road. you park the car at the bar and you stay in the car. You know, it was over. funny. I mean, I was ruining it, I'm sure, but uh, no, Bob, Bob was nice enough was not to good, punch me in the time. face and say, shut up. Let if me I take a, this. If I had a nickel for every time Jim was supposed to be driving me home when we stopped for a nightcap. <laughs> I like nightcaps. <laughs> I'd be a, I'm a, big I'd be a rich man. Yeah, that's probably the thing that about the the music, you know, playing out that I do enjoy the most is like 
just helping people have a good time. It's like I'm a B plus singer, it, you know. I get it, but at the same time, I I want to project and have a everybody have a great time, you know. And I'm not really overly concerned with you know the comment cards at the end of the night, right. you know. But I do like, oh man, it was so great, you know. We had a blast, a great time, and watching, you know, all you guys have fun. I can't That's imagine what, what my comment card would have said. <laughs> I don't think you've been able to read it. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I was going to say, it probably would have just been a, a Polaroid picture of my penis. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the best. Drink! <laughs> oh, but that, yeah, that was absolutely a great night. So, Jim, you mentioned Saved by the Bell. Yeah, Screech. Uh, Bobby has ha- had a long career in school administration, um, he was like the Mr. Belding. Of exactly. Yeah. So tell us what tell us what Screech was like, really. Screech. Uh, <laughs> probably had a lot of screeches over the years. <laughs> well, I I graduated from Cleveland State. I uh, an elementary education um, degree and uh, got my first job in Cleveland teaching first grade. Then I taught third grade. Then I thought, now nah, these two grades aren't for me. You know, so I started, I took a little hiatus, went, did another job for a year or so, and then I got hired in as a, um, a principal at uh, a charter school, and I was there for 18 years. So it was a good time. I mean, I enjoyed it. It met a lot of great people. There's so many things that you have to do during the course of a school year. But I give the teachers all the credit. I really do. It's it's a very tough job. It, it, it's something that it was something I stopped doing. It was you know it was hard. It was so great. It I'm was like so I'm great done. That I left. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I do give the, the teachers a ton of credit for what they do every day. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, not to, you know, toot my horn. Obviously, I was in the military, but I mean, it is a, a vocation. I mean, it's a calling. It's something that they. You know, feel you know they don't do it for the money. They're not making a lot of money. No. Um, but yeah, there's some very special people that take that on, take on that dental. task, and they yeah. do a great that's, job. That's all I can think of. Right? They do it for the three month summer. The, it's, yeah, I think that's why a they lot, do it. A lot to uh, digest every year. Well, yeah, geez. Well, yeah, thank you for that service. I, I, we had we had talked about, um, you know, uh, what what are the similarities for you as a lead singer in a rock band <laughs> and the principal of a school. I'm sure there's many. Did you ever sing well, to your a, students? There, there's one of the reasons I wasn't doing music for a long time is because I was a principal of a school. So like, would that have been an issue? Oh any, God. Yes. Yeah. Huge. I was, I wasn't on Facebook. I didn't do anything until I left education and then I kind of joined the social media world. But um, yeah, there were things that I like that I would love to have done then but that's just not going to jive you know if you're a principal at a, at a bar and singing and whatnot they're like yeah i don't think so yeah that would be that'd be a tough kind of tightrope to walk you know i mean unfortunately yeah. like and we all know like my wife is in education she's she was a teacher for i don't know 12 years now she's a counselor she's still doing it but like you uh you kind of got to walk that tightrope, even though you know, like, they're all just people. Like, people, they're still yeah. doing the same thing that any of us would do. Um, Someone's always watching. That's yeah. what you're thinking in the back of your mind. It's like, you got to be an example constantly and really govern what you say and what you do and what you wear and where you go. And there's a lot of, a lot of that. And, and while you're getting just berated by pe- <laughs> pe- people, you know, like, people, so many people telling you to fuck off. Yeah. 
and there's so many things you'd like to convey to them that you can't, <laughs> which uh, yeah. I don't know how. I, I like Mike said, like I give I give you so much credit, Bob, for doing what you did for so long, and especially like working in an inner city, you know, situation where it's much different than say working at Sugar and Falls or Kirtland or anything like that. It's tough uh, all over. It is. It, it, it is. is. I know it is, but there's, there's different challenges. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but probably not as many go fuck yourselves. <laughs> well, I don't know. PTAs are pretty strong <laughs> this way, so yeah. you might get you might even get more than yeah, I got. Maybe it's just yeah, it's probably different headaches. I, yeah, I would think so. One of the I, recently, I, I I I'm not sure how I stumbled upon this, and I I honestly don't remember why, but um, I think in some of the, these these areas like Chagrin Falls or like um, Kirtland or, or I don't know Shaker Heights, pick whatever affluent community mm-hmm. you can think of. It probably is tougher <laughs> because. You're not dealing with, I mean, most kids, um, most parents in a charter school situation are happy to take their kids to school, have them get the education that they're being provided, and then and then receive them home safely at the end of the day. Whereas, like, you, uh, the, the podcast I'm listening to is called Nice White Parents. And if you haven't had an opportunity or stumbled upon this one like I have, it's, it's fantastic. But it's it really is... Uh, provocative in the sense that like well-meaning um people tend to bend the rules in a way that benefit their their children their families their their social situation you're talking about pta people, well i'm thinking you know? certainly thinking okay. about the pta and <laughs> what it brings up is uh some situations in inner city schools where um um where you know white families championed integration and then brought their influence into an inner city school to fundraise for a dual language program. And instead of, um, instead of making that dual language Spanish English, they made it French and they made it, they made it French in a area of New York city that was 60% Hispanic and rolling. I mean, no one's speaking French there. No one's speaking French. And then in general, like French isn't even a good language to know. No, it's I mean hard. those those people are assholes. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <And hard. laughs> I don't even but, want to speak to French people. But we. Ins- instead of the fa- instead of making it a dual language program that would have benefited and championed the fact that these the population kids, most of, the of these kids. kids already spoke Spanish and right. were speaking two languages, instead they made them feel inferior by making it a French language. And uh, right. again, the name of the podcast is Nice Nice White People or, or Nice White Parents and uh it's really interesting. I just you we had talked a little bit about the PTA before the show and that's got to be like such a challenge it's as you It's extremely challenging. Like did you find from from being like basically running a charter school, Bob? Did you find that the PTA so I don't I'm not sure what a charter school is like compared to like the stories I hear from my wife every day. So my wife works in a public school in her city, and I don't. I'm not even sure if there is a PTA. If there is, I don't think that there's a lot. You know that they're involved with, and her issues are always the kids and the parents. So, so I feel like the issues start with the kids, but then you get it back, and then it's the parents. But it's just like a const. It's like uh, it's like kind of running a prison. <laughs> if yeah, I, 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 I could see what, where, where you might think that. But um, yeah, so I, I don't know, and I think I don't know. Like in more affluent districts, is it like the the problems arise directly from the parents, 
but you're not breaking up fights every day or like worrying about kids like shooting you every day. Well, no, but I think the margins are so much smaller. Yeah, go ahead. A go charter ahead, school is, is like, it, it's a public school. It, it's not a private school by any means. It, what The way I would describe it to people was it was a public parochial school without the religion. So you'd have like uniforms that you could, you know, wear as a student body or whatever. And, and But at the same time, all your money is coming from the state of Ohio per pupil. Gotcha. Money that used to, our kids would have all gone to Cleveland Municipal if they didn't come to us. So those dollars would follow the child. So that per pupil allotment would come in to our school. Now, what, what's really interesting about a charter school is, and, and I'm three years removed, so maybe the rules have changed. There's no local funding. So you're running a school on Social Security, and it's a fixed income. Uh, you do have your per pupil amount from the state, but you also get your federal allotment. Which isn't much. It was like three hundred and forty thousand bucks or something like that to run an entire school. I think our whole budget at its peak was like one point seven five million or something, which is like probably what Chagrin Falls spends on paper clips. You know, <laughs> you know, so it's it's a it's a little challenging. They fundraise more than that. Yeah, so year. there's no yeah. there's no there's no levies, there's no yeah. going to the voter and so like trying to get money. At a at a charter school, if you have a student that is an issue mm-hmm. can you just say bye no 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 it's a what, what it is it's an open enrollment school so basically i don't have the borders like of a, a csmd is there a certain screening process to let kids into that school no no so it's basically a public school but on a smaller scale mm-hmm. it, it is a public school by every means yeah it's just it, what it is. It's an alternative to the local school district that right. your your child will go to. How do how do those schools perform in relation to the public schools or the private schools in the area? Yeah, there was a time before they changed the local report card like three times, and then changed the testing from their old formats to their current online formats. That we were ex- extremely successful. Like we, I think five six years in a row, we were rated effective, which would be like the second highest rating you could have in Ohio. Uh, whereas our kids would have gone to CSMD and they would have been rated continuous improvement or an academic watch or emergency. So com- back then, there was a huge difference. And then when things changed, there wasn't a difference at all. We struggled very, very much. It was extremely challenging. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, I there's a, I, I left education not because of where I worked. I left education because I don't believe in the direction of where it's going. And my heart kind of went out. My passion was extinguished, like you kind of mentioned earlier. That passion yeah. was just extinguished after that because I, I'm, I'm not a big believer in the, in the testing and the local report cards and things like that. I mean, you have four people sitting at this table that I would be consider extremely successful in life. And not one of us took a standardized test that was meant anything meant really. anything other than some norm referencing as like you're the 90th percentile of Bravo Foxtrot, whatever. You know, our schools that we all went to weren't judged as a complete failure because of, you know, so that that's probably a whole nother podcast right yeah. there. But Which we'll start in here in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, there, um, there's a lot Shane's of a product there. of public schooling and it shows, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we went to the same one. Yeah. So, Bob, I, I know that like, I didn't realize this, but I've just, it's come to my attention that you are pretty good at doing some impressions of not people. Not bad, not bad. So 
I thought it would be fun for us to just give you like a rapid fire. Like we'll throw out a name. Speed Obviously, round. Speed round. <laughs> celebrity of a, uh, you know, someone that you could do and we'll, we'll see how good you are. And we will give you three passes. I appreciate so, that. So we'll, I have no pride, no shame. So no, that's fine. And we'll start it off. I'll start it off. And uh, we're just looking for maybe like 10, 10 15 seconds of like the best you could do. <laughs> 15 oh, seconds? Geez. How about two, yeah. three seconds? All right, let's keep it under 10 seconds. <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to give them the celebrity's voice and then also what they're doing. <laughs> All right, so I'll go first. Okay. Give me your best Bobby De Niro. Robert De Niro, let's see. Do you know uh, who that is? Oh, God, yes. Uh, <laughs> but what is see. he doing? Yeah, do you have like a, a cuz there's multiple things he could do. So do you have like I mean, I could I could ask you a I could talk to you and you could talk to me like you're Bobby De Niro. All right, give me a second. Just uh, just think Get about in, it. get in. Do something gotta, like gotta, Bobby get, De Niro ordering a pizza. Get, yeah, get in get in the character. All right. You want to order a pizza? Hey, hey, uh, Bobby, uh, we're looking to get You talking some... to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you, Bobby. Well, you want a pizza? Yeah. Come like... on. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I'd like Jeez. a pizza. Can I get pepperoni? God. Motherfucker. Pizza. <laughs> All right. Get well, out of here. Jim just got slapped. Wow. All right. Uh, my request is uh, Christopher Walken. Doing, uh, doing what? <laughs> He's still De Niro. I'm shaking in my boots. That's not exactly correct. <laughs> uh, Christopher Walken. Um, Christopher Walken spelling school at a spelling bee. Can I have the definition, please? A place of learning. What is the origin of the word? Is it Greek? <laughs> Latin. Well, you know, School. that's sometimes difficult to understand when people are trying to talk. <laughs> and you keep interrupting them. <laughs> Does anybody have a cowbell? <laughs> All right, I'm convinced. Yeah. I'm, sitting, I'm, standing, I'm sitting across from Christopher Walken. Shane? Um... Shania Twain. <laughs> I was not gonna. Say, he said. He said males. <laughs> uh, let's go with one. This should be should be fairly easy, but it's always entertaining. How about a good uh, Matthew McConaughey? Well, I, I've never had to do that before. <laughs> if I really were to think about it and get inside myself and come outside and look at myself, what do you think about? I might this get a mirror to look back at myself <laughs> and say that I need. Some kind of haircut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was the best one. Yeah. I think it was sort of that Lincoln commercial like feel yeah. where you're like, "What the hell is he talking about?" No idea. Yeah. I'm not sure he knows what he's talking about. But I sure want that Lincoln. Oh my gosh! Well, we've reached a point in the show. Well, that was fantastic. That was great, Bob. Thank that was you. very good. I Thank think you. you, sh- you. I think you should probably do some filler while you're the front man of Tracer Bases as uh, some different characters. We've reached a point in the show. I know you're not an avid listener. No one is. Uh, I am from now on. So we have, uh, what we do is we write down five questions. The, the guest, you in this case, Bobby, is going to read these five questions. You're not um, allowed or obligated to answer that question. Um, we will answer them for you. We're here, we're here to answer the okay. questions. We're going to say you. what we think your and answer is going to be. You're going to 
You're going to tell us, you know, who was who was basically the closest. Okay, confirm or deny. Yeah, I wrote these um, after two beers, so they may or may not be in first person as you read them, but you make Should the I best sense the of them. spelling or? Yeah, no. and also I, I have handwriting of a serial killer, okay. so don't uh, hold that against me. I didn't know. I, need, I should have brought my glasses. So, yeah, just start, read the first one, and then we'll all answer it, and you can kind of guide us on where we're at. Oh, boy. All right, Bobby is blind. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we're gonna read the. I guess you can read it for you. I'm sorry, I didn't major in hieroglyphics in college. <laughs> Got a couple other degrees, but not, not that one. Oh, I'll but, read them for you. You know I what is this down. playing on? Seriously. <laughs> I got what Oh wait, no, that's not it. I, all right, uh, I'm gonna give it a shot. Wait. What is the song I wish people would stop requesting we play? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so when you're playing out of trace, playing live, just jamming out, exactly. blowing it, blowing it up. You've got your playlist. You have your go-to songs, but somebody, a guy, a gal, is demanding that you play. A song. You might know it. You might hate it. You might not know it. You don't want to play it. So on and so forth. Jim, go ahead. I think this, the request your band gets to hear a song all the time and you're just kind of sick of hearing it is... Uh, it probably could be for any band. It's probably Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. I mean, I'm sure any big you know bar, you know, bar situation... They're playing it, and you don't want to. And yeah, I think Van Morrison felt the same way actually about <laughs> it. <laughs> just like, oh Christ! I, I don't. I, I think you're right. I don't think that he was. He didn't like that song. He no, he hated it. Like it. He hated. Yeah. He hated playing it. Live. I don't think he's ever played it live. Like in his later years, he doesn't no. play it. Nope. Despite so, their request. Yeah. So I say Brown Eyed Girl. Shane. Um. First, first thing that came to mind was uh, Sweet Home Alabama. I just feel like that would like. After a while, just singing that song. Just really, Shane? After I after I played Leonard Skinner at the start of this show, you're going to say Sweet Home Alabama. That's, okay, that's nice. Yeah, you know I didn't. You Is know, it because of the racial undertones? And you know that I didn't know that was Leonard Skinner <laughs> yeah. that you played at the beginning, right? Of course. <laughs> well, I was actually going to say, I'm giving you a hard time. I was going to say, you probably get people yelling Freebird at you all the time, right? Any live <laughs> band that has ever played oh, yeah. ever. Now, I think it was because of... South Park or Beavis and Butthead? Like, play some Freebird! Um, that is definitely called out, I would say, every single time. <laughs> but it is one of those songs that is not great for a live band to play because it starts out slow, it ends fast, it's got like an epic and it's um, super long. jam session. Yeah. Right, it's super long. No one's going to play that. It's a great radio play because the, the DJ puts it on, then he goes to the bathroom, gets a sandwich, parks his car, <laughs> yeah. comes back, you know, and this song's still going. I'm curious to know, because I, I played a hand in writing these questions, What what's the song that he just I made? All three of those are fan, excellent choices, but for our band personally, uh, I enjoy doing Brown Eyed Girl because it does seem to be a crowd favorite. I mean, everybody wants to do it. Sweet Home Alabama is another one, so I'm gonna have to go with Freebird. <laughs> All right. Is there is there one that we didn't mention that you like? Just you get requests for, and you're just like, oh my god, we gotta play this again. No, you pretty much nailed all three of them <laughs> like right there. So, well done. <laughs> good. Wow. Oh wow, yeah, that's no pretty amazing. Brown Eyed Girl was a good was a good yeah, tool like there. That. Oh, that's definitely. I've probably done that two, three hundred times. I'm not even yeah. kidding. But um, 
No, all three of those are right there. So you guys. All right. Well, I guess we're on point. You guys. Way to go. All right. uh, Question number two. Question number two. I this one was jacked up. So. Uh, Which is the better education-based movie, Dangerous Minds or Billy Madison? (laughs) (laughs) Um. Wow. This is his in his opinion. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm I'm trying to put myself in Bob's shoes here, and I feel like most of his career was probably more Dangerous Minds, but. I think he wished it was Billy Madison. So I think in his opinion, he would he say w- Billy Madison. He, he wishes, w- Billy, like what he's wishing for. He would have wished he'd been put in the position that a millionaire's son was going through his school. A week what was, a wait, what was the girl's name in Billy Madison? Veronica Vaughn. Veronica Vaughn. I bet he wishes. I bet he wishes Veronica Vaughn had taught at his school. I just watched the movie like a week ago. Again, my kids watch it. <laughs> Phil Rerudo. Um Nudie Magazine Day. Yes. Gosh, I, you know I'm such a. Uh, gosh, I'm such a big Coolio fan that I don't know. This is tough. You're gonna ride on a fantastic voyage. But I have based most of my life on Billy Madison. I feel like your early college career was based on Billy Madison. Yeah, I felt like if I did one week of school that I would go on to the next grade. I heard um, you in the bathtub going, stop looking at me, swan. <laughs> Shampoo is better. Uh, goes yeah, I'm gonna have to go go hard Billy Madison here. Well, if I had to pick which movie I've seen more, it's obviously. But you're Bob. You're not picking. I know. I'm going to be my opinion of myself first. Billy Madison is my one of my favorite movies of all time, but I think Bob would relate more to Dangerous Minds. I think he would say Dangerous Minds. Bob, better education movie. They're both probably reaching, but I'm going to have to say that Billy Madison. (laughs) What if I would have said, and I wrote these questions down, I would have said maybe Lean on Me was, or no, what is it? I think the Lean Morgan on Freeman me. movie. Lean on Me was an education was a, type movie. Was what was the one with, was Dangerous Any Minds one with Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. yeah. Would Fast Times, I thought about this too, would Fast Times at Ridgemont High qualified as an education movie with Mr. Hand? Sure. I mean, it was in pizza, school. Pizza, it's our time. You got to work pizza. <laughs> we figure it's our time. It's our pizza, dude. <laughs> right, it's Sean Penn. Wow, we didn't say Sean Penn. I like that, Mr. Spicoli. <laughs> well, Sean, I don't know. <laughs> Sean Penn was just on the Smartless podcast. I don't know if you caught that. We and did. He, he said when he did Spicoli, he had never on. done a drug ever before in his life <laughs> when, he, when he played that. He based it on his neighbor. That's a hell of an actor, yeah. man. He could have fooled me. Aloha. <clears throat> Aloha, Mr. Hand. All right, question number three. Question number three. What is the best hair metal love ballad of all time? Ooh, jeez. Mm. Shane, we'll start with you since you don't know any of them. <laughs> I'm just drawing a blank here. <laughs> Think about anything you slow dance to in junior high. I'll be surprised if you guess this one from me. Huh. Oh, now that's gave a you a little, yeah. Gave you a little clue there. It's a, it's a little out there. It's probably, it's probably a, like a, a deep, dark B-side maybe. I wish we could call Dave Stahl because I, I know he, he would, would know, know this. David. Uh, Shane, think... I mean, think Firehouse. Think anything. Think. Uh, I don't know what that means. It doesn't even. Think Warren. I'm certain you Found put the your... love of a lifetime. <laughs> you put your hands in some girl's... Jean pocket at that point. I, I did, but I didn't know what I wasn't paying. Tea. I wasn't paying attention to the song that was playing. It was probably Rump Shaker. <laughs> it's a Humpty Dance. Man. <laughs> All right, Shane, are you gonna have to pass? Here? I'm gonna have to pass. Oh boy, you don't know what '80s. Okay, I mean, does does like uh, November Rain count? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? All right, November, that was in the '90s. Early okay. '90s. I didn't know if that counted as a hair band. 
Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses yeah. hair band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, right. we'll we'll take we'll allow it. All right, thank you. Uh, your blessing. Jim, I'm going to let you drive here, and if yeah, you're in I the feel, fairway, feel, I'll go. Yeah, I feel like you I'll probably, like, I feel like you and Bob have more of a connection when it comes to these, yeah. because I I enjoyed the hair bands slightly, wasn't my thing as much. Yeah. I'm going to just, I'm going to go, I'm going to take, uh, you know, the easy way out and just say, like, every rose has its thorn, poison. I mean, it was always a good one to do a slow dance to, and... Every rose has its thorn by poison. poison. Yeah. That's mine. That's mine. That's a good one. I don't think it's right, but I'm saying it. C and G and C all day long. We can play that one. We'll play that one live. Here. It's super easy to play. We'll probably play it once we shut down here. Um, and Bob will sing it for us. I will. I have I have covered that one. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this two swings. Okay. And just because of the the the. The importance of this. The hint that you gave us before. <laughs> I'm going to give it two swings, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go strong here. Um, I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to give it three swings. Okay. <laughs> three swings. Wow. So two foul balls and a hit is what he wants. <laughs> and he's hoping and he gets a third one. I'm I'm channeling my brother David, who I I, I loved and and emulated my entire. My entire time through junior high. I'm going to give it three swings here. Save All Your Love by Great White. Love is On the Way by Saigon Kick. <laughs> or um, To Be With You by Mr. Big. Those are three great songs. <laughs> However, it's none of them. Oh, man. But great power ballads, They, they right? are great power ballads, no doubt about that. But, All right, lay it uh, on In us. my mind... The 1986 classic album, Slippery One Wet, Bon Jovi, Never Say Goodbye. Oh, wow. Very good. That's a deep wow. dive. That's a that's yeah. a deep dive. And that's who a, who would ever want to say goodbye anyway? That's a tasty riff. I don't want to say goodbye. No, don't do that it. It's like our prom theme or something. <laughs> Sounds about it, right. I think it was on the <laughs> Footloose soundtrack. <laughs> Which All was right. a great soundtrack. Question way. number four. Uh, other than Morgan Freeman... Who would I like to narrate my life story? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of. I think it, it's kind of beer staining on this. It was like no, waterlogged. So that's that okay. happens. That typically. happens a lot. Or it's a tear. I, I think know. like you know, it's it's kind of changed a little bit now, knowing that Bob does voiceover work. Um, right. And I don't know if there's ever a better guy to do voiceover work for your life than Morgan Freeman. I mean, he's probably the gold standard for yeah, that. God. I mean, come on. Yeah. But, geez. I don't know. I would say, I think it would be hilarious to have Christopher Walken do your voiceover work. <laughs> oh, God. He was... Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's like a half a, half a day. That was great, Jim, like by the way. I, that was the worst... <laughs> That was the worst. Uh, yeah, I, I, that was Bobby a bad. was born in a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> it was 1976. It was so bad. Um, I'll go. I'll go with you know, walking. Walking. Yeah. Walking. All right. Shane, anything? I need like you think I'm not going to have an answer for this? Maybe. I mean, there's the you last wanna, three questions. You want to pass again? You can pass. If I, you I think the number two answer after Morgan Freeman is James Earl Jones. Okay. Yeah. Vader. I, I didn't even think of that one. Yeah, sure Vader. Vader. Well, I, th- I think of him as the Don't king from the Coming to America. The but I, I think of him as Vader. <laughs> We've tapped into a real <laughs> talent here. 
<laughs> Your career is going to be like, you probably won't be working Commanded at Ariswald Drive. Yeah, ship exactly. them hot until you found those plans. <laughs> and bring me the passengers. I want them alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't know this at the beginning of the podcast yeah, right. so that's all it would have been we never got to anything else <laughs> I want them alive um, that's fantastic um, I'm only going to say this next name because I want to hear him do it uh, Gilbert Gottfried would... oh come on <laughs> there's no way guy. you're going to do it <laughs> I, wouldn't Gilbert Gilbert Godfrey narrating my life story being fantastic. <laughs> so there he is. In the middle of Afghanistan. <laughs> Find oh a fucking helicopter. Where is me for the, a glass of water? <laughs> where is the water? It's so hot. <laughs> so hot. So hot. <laughs> All right. This is this has been this has been great. What uh, what about you, Bob? Is there someone that you think you would really like to narrate your life story? Uh absolutely. Oh, you've, you've you've thought about this uh, after I read this question. <laughs> absolutely, I would say Tom Hanks would be a cool oh, yeah. narration Tom. for him. He's got a great voice. Yeah. He's got yeah. the Apollo thirteen vibe going. I think he'd be a good. It's a very recognizable, yeah. very uh, Tom soothing. Hanks. Tom Hanks is Forrest Gump. <laughs> would you like a chocolate? <laughs> I could eat about a million and a half of these. <laughs> Mama said it was million dollar wound. But the government must keep that money because I ain't seen a nickel of that. <laughs> nickel that million dollars. <laughs> All right. All right. Question five. Question five. Last. last oh, Shane's got to work. Shane's Remember, on a deadline. Shane's got a deadline. Wow. Is, it a, right. is it a question if it's a paragraph? Shane's got a hard stop. <laughs> <laughs> After witnessing the spectacle that was the Ayers Summer Bash, who is the better dancer? Jim Ayers or... Mike Stahl. Oh. Well, is, I, I will start You might off. be a little partial. Yeah. I know that uh, I had my shoes on, so that probably lost a couple points for myself because Mike was barefoot and footloose, pregnant. footloose and <laughs> with, fancy free. Pregnant with the vibe. Um, I don't know if I really got my dance on at the party, so I don't know if Bob got a good sense of all my moves that I have. To be fair, we're not a dance band. We're more. No, of a jam I understand, band. but but at that point of the night, like it, you were a dance band. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, I think Mike was a little more uh, theatrical. I'm gonna have to say he probably thought Mike's a better dancer, even though I'm not sure that's true in real life. That doesn't surprise me. Um, I, I hands down, I was the better dancer that night, without a doubt. Yeah, I'd have to go with Mike. I mean, you were you covered the entire dance floor back and forth a lot. I invited a lot of old women I didn't know up to dance on the dance floor. Gib, Gib as well. They were all Gib, Mrs. Ayer's sisters. Is, is Gib one of the older women you were referring to? You, you, you couldn't tell at that point if he was an older woman or Tim. Gibbon. I'm reminded of the uh, we. Uh, where were we at? We were at Shooters. We had the I won, I won a. Uh, a YMCA dance off on the stage. Yeah. And I, I won a free beer. And they asked me what kind of beer I wanted. And I said in the microphone, Silver Bullet. <laughs> you said all of them. Yeah. I said a Silver Bullet. Like, yeah, okay. You mean a Coors Light? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah, yeah. Same, same. All right. Well, well, I thought you did really well. What do you think? 
Who is the best dancer? I mean, it's, I I wouldn't be well, offended if you said Mike. To be honest with you, I thought both of you were a bit subpar. I, 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 I was <laughs> I didn't see any break dancing. There was no backspins, zero no. moonwalks. <laughs> to, uh, to, in Gemini's minds, we were really lighting it up. And which what you remember is one of us laying on a uh, laying on like crushed body, peanut body shells. Body surfing does not count on the couch in the break room. Okay, it doesn't count as dancing. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. Uh, All right, but if I could rewrite the question a a shade, and who was the most memorable dancer, (laughs) I'd have to go install. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Fair enough. He was lower to the ground. That's all I can say. I leave an impression for sure. Sure did. Sure did. Well, what an amazing uh, time we've had here. Jeez, going on an hour. Episode number 26. Going on an hour and 15 minutes. Of Cutting Weight. And oh, Shane is, Shane is cutting it off. He's got a big work call coming up. I got a hard stop, guys. I need to take a, a hard five. Call from China. 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 All right. Well, China we're gonna, flu. We're going to play it out. Bobby, thanks for coming. Thanks for being a part of Cutting Weight Podcast. You're welcome back anytime to Cutting Weight Cabin. It's been a blast, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bobby. It was awesome. Um, Go Browns. Yep. Go Browns. Thanks, Bobby. Go Browns. And go Steelers. Yeah.